It's hard to believe, but we are already coming up on the end of the first quarter of the year. And (laughs) this can be a hard time of the year for a lot of photographers when it comes to kind of the emotional roller coaster that is entrepreneurship. And that's because for most of us, Q1 is typically pretty quiet, right? So at the beginning of the first quarter in January, we're all setting our revenue goals and thinking about the year ahead and what we're hoping to accomplish. But by the time we're heading into Q2, if you haven't been doing a ton of work, you may be feeling really kind of off track. You're looking at those annual revenue goals that you set for yourself and you're thinking like, how am I ever going to make it there? So first of all, (laughs) don't panic. Obviously, you know, this is a seasonal business for most of us, and that is par for the course, right? We're going to have slower seasons and busier seasons, and oftentimes the busier seasons do make up for the slower seasons. So even though it can be a bit of an emotional roller coaster to go along with a financial roller coaster, it is a reality in our business that we have to kind of come to terms with and, and not panic about. But that's not to say (laughs) that your concern is entirely unfounded or that thinking strategically about how you can add revenue to your bottom line this year is a bad idea at any point, right? So today I want to give you a few strategies that can help you plan to make more money this year without increasing your prices or needing to have like a big fire sale of your work in response to those Q1 blues. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. The first strategy I want to talk about today is upselling. So if you've ever booked a flight using like an online travel agency like Expedia or Priceline or one of those, you've probably been offered a hotel room or a car rental at a discount right after you buy your ticket, right? They say, if you book these now, you're going to save a little bit of money. And, you know, I think every single one of these sites does this. And the reason that they do this, they make these offers, is that the upsell strategy works to increase their overall sale. The first reason that an upsell offer works is that hopefully a company is upselling you on something that is relevant. In the case of Expedia or Priceline, they are thinking, okay, this person is here, they needed to buy a book a flight. And if they're going somewhere away from home, they may very well need a place to stay or they may need a car to drive around. And so those are the things that they put in front of you right at the same time. The second reason that upselling works is the convenience factor, right? Now, the cars or the hotel rooms that they are offering you may not be the cheapest out there. They may not be exactly where you need to stay or, you know, the exact kind of car that you want to drive. But You are there in the moment, you're working on your travel plans, you've already got your credit card out, and it is really convenient (laughs) to just take care of those other parts of your travel plans all in one go, right? Now you don't have to 
sit down and search rental cars and go through a whole rigmarole. They're just giving you a quick, easy, convenient link to click and get this all done all at the same time. And the last reason that upselling works is that in many cases, you are creating perceived value or these companies are creating perceived value. They will typically say something like, you know, if you book if you book this car as a bundle with the flight or if you book this hotel room and the car and the flight all together, you're going to save 20 percent or 10 percent or whatever the case may be. And again, the fact of the matter may be that you could Google and get those things less expensively somewhere else, but combined with the convenience factor and the fact that they are saying this is a 20% discount or you're getting a 20% discount, that ends up being a pretty huge draw. You're just like, okay, I'm here. It's this, I do need these things. They're relevant to me. It's convenient. And there's this value added. So you know, upsells are one of the most common strategies out there, but it's not necessarily something that a lot of photographers offer. So I want you to think about what products or services your clients need or may want in conjunction with your primary offer. So let's say that you offer a um, portrait session and, you know, maybe hair and makeup are a good upsell offer, or maybe album design is a good upsell offer if you are a wedding photographer or you sell a lot of um, albums to your family clients. Those are those are complementary, relevant purchases that those people may be making anyway, and you are putting them right there at a convenient time. And if you are smart about it, you might build in some sort of little um, discount or added perceived value. So for all of these reasons, upsells are a great strategy. They work, they're used all over the place, and they can absolutely work in your photography business. So I do want you to spend some time thinking about what kinds of products or services that are relevant to your primary offer that you could offer to your clients as an upsell, right? They may need to book hair and makeup And instead of doing that separately, you can work with a hair and makeup artist and offer that as an upsell offer. If you sell a lot of albums to your clients, you could either upsell the album itself or you could upsell um, an album design process or something like that uh, to those clients right at the time of booking. However, the one thing that I will warn you about when it comes to upsells is that this is not something that you want to put out front with your original offer. So it shouldn't be necessarily, you could hint at it on your website. You could say, I offer full service packages, et cetera, but you don't want to go into the nitty gritty of that in your pricing guide or in your, um, in your certainly not on your website because you don't want to overwhelm people with options. So For instance, let's use the album um, bundle offer. If you're a wedding photographer and you sell a lot of albums to your clients in your pricing guide, you may point out that you offer albums and they start at $1,000 or whatever the case may be. However, when someone books you, your collection doesn't include an album, but once they have booked, you offer them an upsell after the fact where you're saying, great, you've booked the wedding. I'm so excited to work with you. If you want, if you know that you're going to want to purchase an album 
and you go ahead and do that now, it's a, you know, 10% off for, for bundling those two things together. Again, we want to do this in sequence. We do not want to overwhelm people with too many choices all at once. The second strategy that I want to talk about is <laughs> kind of the opposite of upselling, and that is downselling. So one of the things that I think all of us have dealt with at least a couple of times in our careers is, you know, some of someone that we think would make a great client, we get on the phone with them or we go back and forth with them via email. And ultimately, they come back to us and they say, you know what, I wish we could hire you right now. But what you are offering is just more than our budget is going to allow. And most of the photographers that I know generally just like, you know, lick their wounds a little bit and let those customers go. Um, some people make the mistake of saying, well, it's a really great client. I really want to work with them. So I'm just going to cut my prices in half so that it works for their budget. But <laughs> hopefully you guys know if you've been listening to me for any period of time that that is not the right solution. You definitely should not be changing the price of your primary offer. That that offer should be priced based on your calculation of the minimum amount of money that you need to make in order to be profitable. And you need to stick to that for your primary offer because A, it's fair to your other clients and B, it's fair to you. Or maybe I reverse those A and B, I'm not sure. But one way or the other, you're not going to discount your primary offer just because somebody comes along who seems like they would be a good fit, but they say that your work is too expensive. But that doesn't mean that you can't still create a way to work with those clients to keep them from just disappearing and going and finding a different photographer altogether, right? That is the art of the downsell. When you have a potential client that you think is a good fit, but they're just not quite there yet, they need some more time uh, to maybe save up the money or they need some more experience with you and your brand in order to be willing to invest in your full service offer, this is where we are able to create a downsell offer. So a downsell is where somebody has said, you know, I can't do your, <laughs> I can't go for your original session. Um, they've declined your, your service offer. So instead, you offer them an alternative at a lower price point. And again, you have heard me talk about getting on the phone and how great it is to get on the phone. This is a great reason to get on the phone. When you are talking with someone and you're going through it and you have this good feeling about what it would be like to work with them, but at the end, you can hear that price is a really big barrier, you can pivot in the moment and turn toward your downsell offer and offer that at that time. So, you know, maybe that's a mini session offer or maybe it's a half session offer or maybe it is a situation where it's like we can do, you know, you can combine if you have a friend and we can work together, da, da, da. There are many different ways to um, package a downsell. You want to, again, make sure that this is true to your brand. It's not just you slashing prices or giving something away for free, but it's a a more bite-sized, palatable price point for the people who truly want to work with you and you believe would be a bluebird, good fit client, but they're just not ready to make the leap. The fact of the matter is, if someone purchases from you once, it is a much, much higher probability that they will come back and work with you again. So you, um, you know, by giving those people a smaller offer, 
to start with, then, you know, you may end up with them as a regular client purchasing your full offer later on down the road, which kind of brings me perfectly to the third strategy that I want to talk about, which is reselling. And by reselling, I mean implementing strategies and systems that encourage your best clients to work with you again and again and again. As I just said, anyone who works with you once is much, much more likely to work with you again. And that's true even if you're not doing anything. But if you want to encourage that, which you should because repeat clients are (laughs) easier to work with, they're cheaper for you to get, they require very little marketing, very little education, you know, they're just better all the way around, Um, there are ways that you can encourage that. So step one, obviously, is just creating a great customer service experience. And, you know, I think customer service is one of those things that like everyone starts out in their business with the intention of giving great customer service. Nobody's like, yeah, customer service is important to me. Um, And when you're new, Generally, it's easy to provide great customer service because you're excited, you're motivated, you typically have more time because you're not as busy. Um, and so you are eager and fully attuned to every step of your business, which is fantastic. I actually had a conversation recently with someone in the Blueprint Facebook group who was saying, you know, I just don't know. I'm new. I don't have a ton of experience under my belt. So I'm nervous that I, uh, you know, I can't bump my prices or I feel weird charging the same amount of money as other photographers in my area who have been in business for a long time. And my argument to her was, you know, you have to consider what it is that you bring to the table right now that is great. And it may not be years of experience, But it may be that enthusiasm and that sort of motivation that comes with being brand new. There is a lot to be said for that. I look back at the work that I was creating when I was in the beginning of my business, and it was certainly not as refined or reliable. I mean, I made more mistakes at that point, but oftentimes I was more creative with my photos or I was more attuned to the needs of my clients and was sort of giving them more one-on-one attention. And those things were strengths at that time in my business. Now my strengths have changed, but that doesn't mean that the dollar value on them needs to be any different. Anyway, I digress. The point is when you are at the beginning of your business, your customer service relies pretty heavily on your enthusiasm. But at some point, if you stay in business, no matter how good your intentions are, it becomes very difficult to maintain consistently great customer service in the long term unless you have really strong systems that support customer service. And you guys know my two main secret weapons for great customer service are, number one, a strong and well-built-out client relationship management software, CRM software. And then the second thing you need is a streamlined, semi-automated system that facilitates your client's journey. Mine is the simple sales system, which takes people from, you know, that first point of contact all the way through the end where they are being sort of walked through the process in this semi-automated way. And that works great for me. 
other people do other things. The point is you need to have that system built. Giving great customer service is going to, again, sort of on its own, have clients returning and referring their friends. But when you rely on sort of the organic version of that, it will take longer. It is not going to be as consistent. So I feel like once you've got your systems in place for great customer service, then you should be taking additional steps to encourage return and repeat clients along with referrals. So email marketing is a great way to do this, right? It's pretty passive. Um, When your clients are on your email list, they are going to be getting your emails. It reminds them that you're there. It sort of pings that little thing in their brain that says, oh, yeah, maybe it's time to, to book another session. But you don't have to be as passive as just sending out a monthly email, right? You can take this a step further and you can actually incentivize your clients to return. You can give them a reason to come back. That can be a very simple process. I mean, if you think about like your local coffee shop has a punch card, right? You go buy 10 coffees and you get the 11th one for free. You could do something like that, right? You could create a situation in your business where if someone books with you three times within three years, they get their next session for free. But I don't love (laughs) giving that much away for free. I mean, what if in that fourth year you really need the cash and then that's when you get stuck doing the free session, right? In my business, the way that I handle this is that I have created a portrait membership. And when I work with a new client who is great and I liked working with them, I invite them into that portrait membership. And if you haven't heard me talk about the membership process before, this was something that I created a few years ago. And the way that it works is I make a no-brainer offer that has really high perceived value and lots of built-in perks again, only to my repeat clients. And although I don't make as much money per client with my members as I do with new clients, what I have done over the course of the past few years is I have built this membership where I now have over 40 clients who come back and work with me each and every year and their credit cards get charged each and every month. (laughs) And that gives me this very solid base salary that I can rely on. Every single month, All of my, at this point, all of my expenses, my personal expenses are covered just by my membership clients. So, you know, I don't have that like feast and famine feeling that I used to have before I started the membership. And if you're interested, if if this is where you are in your process and you would like to build stability into your business, you would like to incentivize more of your clients to come back. Um, and you think a membership might work, you can learn more about the course that I teach on that, which is called Revenue on Repeat um, at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash revenue, which I will link in the show notes. But the point is, if you are looking for ways to increase your revenue, but you aren't interested in bumping your prices higher or, you know, going nuts trying to figure out some new fancy marketing technique, Your action item today is to consider which of these strategies, upselling, downselling, or reselling, might make the most sense for you to start with in your business. There is no reason that you have to use one of these strategies. I use all three of them in my business, and they work great all together. (laughs) But um, figure out where to start, pick one, and then design and implement that strategy 
this week or at least, you know, get started on the design and implementation of that strategy this week. And I hope that you have a wonderful week. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.